Now, the start player had out, and I can't believe I can remember this, but the start player had out. He had Jon Snow. He had an unduped Arya Stark. He had Summer. He had a Winterfell Stewart. He had a Tumblestone Knight and a House Manderley Knight. And for Welfare Assault, he killed all the uniques. (laughs) (laughs) At which point I went, whatever you like, mate, I went, at this point, I hope you really enjoy it and I hope you take up the game, but I can't watch anymore. (laughs) (laughs) His name is Craven. He likes white ravens. And he will always use them to reduce your gold. His name is Dave. He cancels saves. He likes to make the opposition have bad days. His name is Tom. He plays for fun. And if you beat him, then he'll punch you in the face. It's the UK's fantastic podcast. This episode's the worst, so it's probably the last. With unopposed to claim banter. It's banter behind the throne. Hello and welcome back to Banter Behind the Throne. This is episode 89. I'm your King of the Castle, Dave Bamford, and I'm joined today by my jailer in his dungeon in Glasgow, Mr. Tony Makos. Say hello, Tony. (laughs) Hello, Dave. I'm going to have to take you up on the fact that you have just told everyone that I live in Glasgow. Oh, shit. When of course I'm <laughs> we're not going to we're not going to stop. We're not going to redo the beginning of it. We're just going to dwell on the fact that you were wrong. <laughs> I am podcasting here from Dewsbury. <laughs> <laughs> but hello everyone, it's good to be here in Glasgow. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, it's because we were talking about Siege of Winterfell, and I'm getting all confused. I'll let it pass, but don't do it again. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, we're not joined by our, uh, our brother-in-arms, our moat technician, Mr. Thomas Peel, today, sadly. But we are joined by a dirty rascal, uh, Mr. Joe Zimmer. Say hello, Joe. Hello. Now, uh, you've not joined us on the podcast before, so would you like to give your, your uh, give our listeners a little intro about yourself? Yeah, sure. I'm based in Brighton in our two-person meta. Hmm. I help run the Brighton Charity Jails, and I recently won some... Pretty big tournaments. You've had a pretty good run in the last couple of weeks, haven't you? Yeah, like the last month, basically. Yeah. This is this is the month that will... There's a good amount of your biography in this month, I think. The real yeah. turning point, or I hope it's... You know, that make it sound like your life was shit before. Joe, you had a shit one? <laughs> now there's yeah. turning point. Well, it's <laughs> it's all downhill from here. <laughs> is it all uphill or all downhill from here? We don't know. We'll see. But it's been pretty good. Since when do we have successful people on this podcast? This is a this is a new change in the uh, in the policy that I wasn't aware of. I have no idea who this joke guy is. No, apparently you've brought him on and he's won things. And Jesus, what's going on? So, uh, do you want to talk us through your uh, your last month then, Joe? Uh, you can keep keep the first part brief, I guess, because we discussed that a couple of weeks ago. But uh, yeah, yeah. So first off was winning Blackwater with Stark Cohort which I don't think anyone really needs to know what Stark Cohort does at this point. <laughs> I made a good list. It's A lot of people played it. I managed to beat everyone else playing it, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Yeah, with <laughs> four mirror matches in ten games. Jesus Christ. There was a lot of Stark and a lot of Cohort and Blackwater. <laughs> I've learned since then that the main reason I won is I didn't read Whammer's deck report and change the plots like he suggested <laughs> oh, so everyone changed to Ballad the Harris 
like because that was he was saying oh that beats Tyrell and I didn't read that and kept wildfire which was much better in the mirror <laughs> so everyone was clearing the attachments they were putting on me eventually while I was just killing their characters that is fantastic do you remember six weeks ago when Kohor was a thing oh, that was nice <laughs> oh, the old days oh, the old days of July 2018 when everyone was playing Kohor it's ah. good I, I also made top four of a regional which is my biggest achievement <laughs> in three years I think we discussed that on the last episode of the podcast, but I'm not sure that it actually went out before that regional, or whether we were absolute mugs when it did go out. Uh, yeah, you said, you said I hadn't cut a regional yet, because it was that weekend that I then did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I didn't expect it either at that point. God yeah, cause I, it's, you're right, because I was under the impression that that, that was that was what stuck in your craw that you'd never won a regional. You won Blackwater and you were, you know, that was all right, but um, the regional was really what you wanted. You've got to get your priorities in order, right? Like, Absolutely right. First round by a standard doesn't mean much, but a top eight mat, a regional. A regional Fuck you, that, buddy. That's the price. <laughs> right, get them off, get them off, push, push the button, kick them off. <laughs> and then I, I won nationals before I won a regional, so it's, it's definitely the uh, get a nice big tournament out of the way and then get a regional afterwards. Yeah, and then Which, yeah, ten days ago, won UK nationals with Todd Crossing. That seems pretty good. Oh, you were the guy I was sitting next to. Yeah, that right. Was now I know who you are, mate. Right. Oh, well done, mate. Well done. Congratulations. <laughs> that was a, that was quite a game that lasted about fifteen minutes. It was about fifteen minutes of gameplay crammed into forty minutes of trying to decide what to do because they told us be two hours. Yeah, that is very true. Uh, your opponent is not a man to uh, operate. Uh, rapidly, is he? And understandably so. I mean, I, I, I get it, bear in mind what happened. And I'm sure we'll get to that, talk about that later on. But uh, it was a very deliberate game won by a rush deck, if you know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> There's no way that game should have taken as long. But because some big, tall, crippled T.O. said that you had two hours to play, it took as long as he possibly could. Oh, yeah. I was very aware of that. I was like, um, this isn't going to take two hours but i might as well use as much time as i possibly can yeah. to actually not make a mistake as is your right and nay your privilege <laughs> once you're in the final vince kicked up a big fuss at blackwater because Warren and i told him that the final's longer and he's like it's, it's not it's not so it is vince that very clearly states in the uh, in the rules not that obviously we follow them for the purposes of cuts and x and y and z but the final i'm gonna follow that part <laughs> Before we get on to you, we always we like to do our tournament reports in reverse order, yep. uh, as you're probably aware. So I guess we can talk about Tony because Tony won the fewest games, <laughs> um, and then I'll I'll go, and then uh, and then you can go. Um, yep. But chronologically, of course, because you got to, everything must have an order, as everybody le- learned last week. We're very <laughs> uh, very into order. What happened on the Friday, Joe? Because uh, you missed one of the key events in your. Uh, in your last month. Now, you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, and Tony oh. can cut this, but... Sorry, yeah. I thought I made it very clear it's all downhill from here, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't wow. I know it, <laughs> uh, Yeah, um, on the Friday was kind of an engagement celebration, kind of curry with everyone, as me and Gabby had got engaged the week before. Yay! Yay. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. We were very excited to do it with all of the Friends people, because... Like, you guys are all the ones we see the most. So as soon as we done it, it was like that's the first bunch of people to actually hang out with and celebrate. <laughs> and it was a very painful night. 
<laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it, and I'm, I'm sorry I didn't make it. Yeah, it's all right. You've got to miss Pop World, or well, unless you did that a day after. I didn't, but I have been to Pop World with the Star Wars guys in the past, and it was certainly an experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I was in bed until like 4 p.m. the next day, so. You're pretty much in bed till 4 p.m. on the Sunday at National. <laughs> yeah. That's that's skipping ahead. We're talking about Friday. No, okay. We, Sorry for spoiling. We can wait and we can recount the glories of uh, my highs and my my lows and Joe's highs on uh, on Sunday. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So Tony, kick us off. Tell us about Nationals. Okay. So just to correct on one thing, I did win one game at the weekend. I played one game of a Game of Thrones, a card game, second edition. On the Friday. On the Friday, I got to play with an intro deck while I should have been working. And when you work at Nationals, which I was working for Asmodee over the, over the weekend at the Birmingham ICC, helping out with TOing and doing a bit of judging and all of uh, that lovely stuff. On the Friday, I was working at the prize table, I guess you would call it, the kind of table that you sign up for all the individual side event pods. So I basically spent all day trying to stop people gaming the system and going away and pretending they were playing, you know, four games of looking, uh, four games of Thrones and then coming back 10 minutes later with 10 tickets. That didn't happen on my watch, thankfully. But, uh, there were certainly plenty of people that turned up early on Friday so that they could get uh, their hands on the tiny, uh, minuscule amount of half decent prizes that we did have. And, we got rid of them ridiculously quickly, which caused a little bit of controversy. But anyway, that's a story for another time. I got to play an intro deck with uh, with Liam, which was quite funny because, well, it was just quite funny. It was just he built all the intro decks and brought them with so that we could try and, you know, get other people into playing Thrones. And because we were uh, dangerously close to not being able to have enough people playing in the joust on Saturday um, to earn the flights to Worlds in the first place because the number 50, which is how many people we had to have involved in the joust, we kept kind of ducking slightly below it and then ducking and kind of peeking above it and then ducking below it. The Friday it was looking like we maybe had 51, 52 players for for joust and uh, so the... The flights were, uh, well, the flights were in the bag, as it were. And then inevitably, as Friday night and Saturday morning came, there were people that pulled out and people that said they, you know, they couldn't get there. We were looking dangerously like we were going to slip below the 50. But one way or another, we made it above 50. And I imagine, Joe, you're pretty pleased about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, it was like 49 at one point. I know some people got pulled in. Like Monica is one no, of them. No one got pulled in, Joe. Everyone was legitimately playing the game that they came to play. No one, no one needed to be artificially in, you know, encouraged to come and play and drop after a couple of rounds. That certainly didn't happen. Oh yeah, sorry. Of course, everyone was very, very up for uh, up for playing with their world championship decks and their intro decks. And if they managed, if they had to drop after a few rounds, I'm sure it was for very, very good reason. Um, yeah, so it was a bit squeaky bum time on, on the part of the kind of TO uh, on the Saturday to make sure we had the numbers because, as I said, some, some people pulled out. But then, uh, you know, some people turned up who didn't expect to, my wife being one of them. Um, didn't expect her to be playing, but she rocked up after the curry on the Friday night and ended up playing. And I had a great time all weekend, regardless of her result in the joust. She, uh, she, had, she had quite a fun time regardless. So, yeah, the, yeah the, the weekend was basically doing the kind of 
doing the judge thing of wandering about and making sure people were playing a Game of Thrones card game second edition properly. Many of them were. Some of them weren't. I didn't catch the ones that were. So all good. The joust pretty much went went ahead relatively kind of painlessly. We had the possibility of doing uh, one of the top 16 games on Saturday. We did something I've never I've never seen it at a tournament before, potentially won't again, which is that when we'd hit the end of six rounds on Saturday, we asked everyone that made the top 16 to basically vote as to whether they wanted to play a round of that top 16 on the Saturday to make the Sunday a little bit shorter. And so we gave everyone basically a secret ballot to to kind of ask if uh, they basically said, do you want, you know, yes or no? And if anyone said no, then we would basically do the whole top 16 on Sunday. And some people said no. So... We left and went to the pub and uh, then did the whole top 16 on Sunday instead. Uh, we did that at Blackwater. Oh, did you? Okay. Um, it wasn't secret. It's just as people won their um, top 16 game, I, I asked them, are you happy to carry on playing? Because we had the venue until 1am or it was open until 1am. I was just like, if you want to, you can just carry on playing until people don't want to play anymore. Um, and that allows people to either not come back tomorrow or play draft or melee. And uh, yeah, somebody objected in the top eight. And so that was it. I was like, that, that's fine. We kind of wanted to keep it, you know, secret in quotes, yeah. just so that no one could like pick on people that had decided that they wanted to, you know, they wanted to save it till the Sunday or whatever, because there were maybe people that wanted to go back on Saturday night. Certainly that did happen to one or two people that were, couldn't make it to the Sunday anyway and were, shall we say, surprised to make it into the top 16 at all. And so they wanted to play as much as they possibly could on the Saturday, but inevitably they couldn't. So they had to drop. There was a couple of drops. In the top 16, which uh, brought in numbers 17 and 18, and then we did the top 16 on the Sunday. I mean, we'll get to, you know, you guys played it, played and all of that, so we'll get to that kind of later on. Um, then we did a kind of quite scrappy kind of melee on the Sunday, which uh, the melee's funny, right? Because everyone, some people get very serious about the melee, and then the majority of people that have been out getting absolutely fucked on the Saturday night couldn't give a toss about the melee, play a game and then drop because they think they're about to can die at the table. So yeah. inevitably, the first round of melee is very well populated. But after that, you know, you have like eight people dropping out and it starts to kind of make a little bit of a mockery of the kind of the, you know, of the tournament of the, I guess, for some people that kind of want to take it a little bit more seriously. But it's kind of the way it goes over the space of a heavy drinking weekend, I guess. I took melee incredibly seriously and you know it. Yeah. I played some great melee cards. Yeah. And I won my table. Well, you kind of thought it was 2014, didn't you, Dave? We'll get to that. <laughs> but but there you go. You know, I'm sure you turned up. I'm, I'm sure you were intending to kind of play melee, say, on Saturday. If I'd asked you if you were up for playing melee, you were, you were well up for playing melee. And then um, something else occurred on Sunday instead. And, yes. you know, lot, lots of people kind of dropped. And we ended up doing the best we could to kind of get a top table together to to actually have something to play for um but there was the odd kind of complaint as to kind of how it was being run but we were kind of trying to do our best by the players and kind of do our best with what we'd been given and 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 all that so we ended up having i think we ended up we started with about let me see four four sixteen three now we ended up with more than we ended up with about 23 24 players to begin with in the first round and then that just you know that was just decimated by the time we got to the second round as people came up and went no nope, i'm gonna be sick i'm gonna drop out or i need to go home or but we had a few tables for a for a for a final round and uh wama ended up winning the top table for that and uh, then gave away his prize 
but I'm sure we'll get to that as well. So yeah, yeah, it was a, as far as I was concerned, I did judging at nationals last year and because I hadn't been playing for kind of for a long time and the judge and judging at nationals and all that stuff last year was grand and fine. I didn't really miss playing this year. I really miss playing Okay. this year. I, I really did because I've been doing quite a lot of playing over the last, well, proportionately quite a lot of playing over the last three months and watching all the various kind of games going on and seeing what the kind of meta at nationals was, you know, was like, you know, exactly how many guitar crossing decks there were <laughs> and kind of looking at it going, do you know what? My Martel cohort deck could really stand up in this meta. Really? <laughs> it was in my bag as well, just in case I got fired. <laughs> Liam was considering at one point sacking yeah. me the first couple of rounds on Saturday to make sure we we got over the numbers. It didn't come to that, which is kind of a shame, but you know. That would have been funny. But never mind. But yeah, I had, a, I, had a, I had a grand weekend. It's worth mentioning as well that we didn't get to do what we had planned to do on the Saturday, which was to kind of record a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, basically because we ended up going to lots of noisy places. So it ended up becoming impossible, but it wasn't the end of the world. Yeah, the lack of peel meant it wasn't worth organizing in advance. And then as it, as it happened, it was a bit yeah. more fragmented than we would have liked and Spoons was very busy and. That kind of thing. Yeah. But it's fine. Yeah. Next year, maybe if, if we're all there and everything goes to plan, we'll see what happens. Um, it was a grand weekend. Props to Liam Hall, as ever, because the man, we're very lucky to have someone like Liam T.O. in Nationals because he does the best he fucking can with uh, relatively kind of limited resources you know, to, to, to kind of put on this stuff. And he goes, he kind of goes the extra mile for the players, which sometimes causes a bit causes some issues behind the scenes but he's always thinking of the players rather than uh, rather than not thinking of the players so uh full props to him yeah absolutely yeah so dave how did you get on at uh i played at nationals i played uh, captain rex and two clone troopers um, oh, of course on the friday at destiny uh those who are frequent listeners to the cast obviously know that i'm a an accomplished destiny player with i think by this point probably about 20 games under my belt uh, I played a couple with the intro decks way back when. I played a draft about six months ago. That was quite fun. I drafted Darth Maul. He was good. Uh, the rest of the deck was terrible though, so that was sad. Um, and then uh, John, my brother, gave me a couple of um, a couple of games in the week leading up to nationals as I was at home. Uh, and you know what? I actually quite like it. That really pissed me off because <laughs> I was gonna. I was just like, well, I might play Destiny if John can give me a deck. Uh, if not, I'll just play Throne side events. I was just like, actually, if this wasn't a CCG, I could see myself playing this, because it's quite fun. Um, yeah. The dice don't frustrate me quite as much as I expected them to. But as it is, it is a CCG, so I won't be playing it, which is a shame. I'm sure FFG won't be crying too hard into their piles of cash. Um, but that was fun. I think I went 3-4 and then dropped, or 3-3 three, three and then dropped, or something like that. I can't remember. I did all right. I was I was happy enough with my performance, considering I didn't know what any of the cards did. Um, in the first round, I lost against a mill deck, which I thought was a bit ironic. Yeah, was... I wasn't very pleased about that. Um, I was warned about it in advance. I, I sat down and I was like, this is mill. I'm gonna, they're going to mill me. But it's fine. I'll just murder the shit into them. And then obviously, I didn't. That's sad. There's this, there's this yellow card, which um, when a character would be killed, you take all the damage off them and then cure... F- sorry, you, you, they don't get killed and then you cure five from them. Fuck me, that card. Jesus, it pisses me off so much. NPE is shit, that is. <laughs> I didn't have any save cancel, so I was just having a bad time. 
But Captain Rex is fun, so if anyone does play Destiny, have a go with Rex and his boys. They're pretty banter. Yeah. And then I went home. And then I came back on Saturday. And I played Martel The Wars to Come. I've, I don't know how much I've talked about The Wars to Come on the podcast. But in private conversations, I've been not... I've given it mixed reviews. Mm. I think that seven plots is better than ten plots. Mm. I think Wars to Come is a bit of a trap for most people. And I think if you cut your deck down to seven cards, seven plot cards, it's better in most decks. Most decks. In most decks. Not all decks. Mm. Um, some really benefit from the two, the, the double copies. Mm. Like that um, Blood Riders deck I was playing previously. The double counting, double march was actually really useful because sometimes they were your first four plots. And so you couldn't use them later. Uh, you couldn't use, because a lot of the time you can just wait until plot eight to replay one. Uh, but these were actually really useful getting them early. Martel Wars to Come is one of the decks that does really benefit from that 10 card plot deck. And it's not because of the versatility, it's just because it gives you that extra boost with Doran's game and Rakasso and all that nonsense. And not just the fact that you can get higher numbers, but it's the fact that it gives you breathing room of an extra three mm-hmm. turns. And that was very important. Um, so I was playing a fairly standard Doran's game deck. Um, I talked to Marco Gida about his. I talked to Matt Herdman about one he played Blackwater. Took what I liked from both. Um, played it at Manchester. And then I played it again here. Um, I made some changes at the end because I added, I added Viper's Eyes for Vince. Because yeah. I felt like Vince could be an issue when I'm running Varus. Uh, in the end, I ran into one Vince who was used earlier, so my Varus still got mm. off, which was nice. Uh, but Viper's Eyes turned out to be a good call all day. And some of the more interesting choices were the Drummonds and Nothing Burns Like the Cold, so you could get stuff like Hightower. Mm. That was really, really good. I got to use a good Drummond against Yujo, and that was really yep. happy. Um, but then it turns out that that was my only Econ card, and uh, you had a second copy of Marine. In your hand, so uh, turns out that it was a bad decision. <laughs> uh, that that was quite a frustrating one because uh, turn one, I was just like, you know what? He's got Joe has a fantastic start with uh, duped uh, Dario and duped Hisdar and Marine, but not counting Marine, his hand was very small, and I had the Drummond, so I was like, if I blow up Marine, and I, I have two copies of Viper's Eyes in hand, so next turn I'll be able to just eliminate his entire hand, and then I'll be able to Varus probably and draw it out. But yeah, the second copy of Marine just fucked me, and that obviously meant that the Viper's Eyes were completely useless, or next to useless, because they can only just slow down Queen's Guard rather than uh, actually have lasting damage to his hand. But that is a, that's that's by the by. Um, overall, they were decent choices. Um, nothing burns like the cold is the fucking tits. Never realised how good it was before, but yeah, there's plenty of non-limited locations in Martel where you can just bin like your water gardens before you draw another copy, and then. Uh, Isle of Ravens and stuff, and I got some pretty, pretty decent stuff. I got a high tower, I got uh, White Harbor, uh, Flea Bottoms, that kind of thing, and then getting attachments was just gravy as well. There were occasions where I could get, you know, wards and stuff like that. And the other addition was Forgotten Plans. Nice. Uh, obviously wanting to hit Barring the Gates or King in the North as your top priorities, but there are plenty of other good targets. Uh, I went three three in the end. Did we do six yep. rounds? Yes, then I went through through. My wins I felt fairly comfortable in. Yeah, they, they were solid. I did Martel things. I varused. It was fine. I played against Matt Herdman, who ended up king in the Swiss. He gave me an absolute roger. <laughs> I, I felt really in control for the first few turns, and I 
and nothing burns to his high tower, and then he top decks his second copy immediately, and that made me very sad. <laughs> um, and then he nightmares my Varus, who had been last of the giants in, and that made me even sadder. So yeah. It all seemed to be going really well, and then he just had the exact counters to what I needed to do. And at that point, he had a, I think he had like a duped Renly or a duped Mace or something. Um, I was like, well, even Valor can't really do anything for me. And so that was incredibly sad. And of course, in my hand, I had another copy of Varus, and I was just like, oh, <laughs> now that's dead. He's dead. I'm just done. Uh, so I got a bit, I got a bit upset after round two, and then I sat down against Joe. And as you heard, Joe, uh, Joe marined into some, some nice things and, uh, I had a very sad time there as well. That was, that was Targ crossing in its pure form almost. I think yeah. it was everything that you wanted happened. Nothing to, not to take away with how you played, obviously, because you did yeah. like flawlessly. But, um, and I can imagine you had marine in your hand turn one when you, you had the second. No, copy. I topped that. I had a flea bomb in my hand okay. that I chose not to play. So in case you did have nothing burns. So I was like, I'll just put out the Marine because that's useful. Then I, then I drew the other one. I was like, that's pretty handy right now. <laughs> okay, okay. So I did make the right decision. Yes. Not, that, that does help, okay. <laughs> okay. But I think the worst thing for you was that you had no Econ and a Board of Allies when I had you Dario. So I was like, I'll take yeah. that. Stand in again, <laughs> take that. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw a Rose Road like turn four that immediately went to injury claim. And I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> like, draw it with Dawn. Straight to entry claim, not even an action window to <laughs> look at it. <laughs> In and out. Yeah. Um, but my brother walked over at this point and he was just like, oh, this isn't ideal. Because he had put a pound on both of us to win. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he's like, oh, one of them's going to put the other, not out of contention, but worse contention. Uh, but he was definitely happy with uh, being the only person to collect from Reese Power hey. uh, that weekend, which uh, puts... Puts the only two winners as you and John, Tony. Yeah, that's right. Uh, which doesn't speak of corruption at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my other get, my other loss was to uh, Simon Armitage, who was playing Stark Crossing, which was slightly too fast for me. I still took it about six plots and got to about ten power thanks to a large Doran's game, but it just it was just yeah, slightly too fast. And on a key turn. I looked at the board and I was like, he's going to flip uh, breaking tyres and this is going to wreck me. But if I can get through this, I'll be okay because I've got Varus. And frustratingly, of course, Varus is not loyal, as you may be aware. So if I had been able to play him on that turn, the game would have flipped. But I couldn't because he would have just been bounced immediately to breaking tyres. And I didn't have Last of the Giants, so I couldn't, you know, use up the breaking tyres triggers and yeah. then and then play him. Uh, the problem was is that I then thought, well, breaking tires, that's fine. If he uses his triggers in the plot phase, I'll be able to play around afterwards. So I'll just blank it with Forgotten Plans. No! And that, that's fine, right? Because <laughs> Forgotten Plans blanks all cards that aren't Forgotten Plans outside of the plot phase. No! Uh, and so as I flipped it, I, I didn't even see that he had flipped Broken Tires, although I knew he was going to. I was looking at it and I was just like, oh yeah, Forgotten Plans doesn't do what it did when I was really good at playing it. It does what it does, now I don't play it anymore, which is bad. Because obviously breaking ties the scheme. Oh, so, oh fuck! And that put me on such. What you effectively <laughs> did, Dave, is you played an absolute stormer with first edition forgotten plans. Like you read what was coming, and you're like, "Yep, definitely flip." The problem is 
they didn't make the car do the same thing. So it's kind of their fault, not yours, right? It's absolutely their fault. <laughs> yeah. They put extra text on that card just to piss you off. It was it was really bad because I I'm not sure how useful my other plots would have been. Mm. Uh, I may have been able to. I mean, I could have flipped Littlefinger's meddling, and then if I had a um, someone always tells, I may have been able to help my Varus get through that kind of thing. But none of them were particularly good options other than Forgotten Plans. I mean, obviously Forgotten Plans was useless, but none of them were like there weren't any just like oh if I flip that instead I've won the game. Just that, yeah, that put me on such an obscene tilt. I cannot <laughs> tell you. It's like, oh my god, because I obviously you won't know this, Joe, but I used to play quite a lot of Forgotten Plans. Right. Uh, it was one of my favourite plots in first edition. It was in my Nationals deck the year I think it was in my Nationals deck the year I won, and I used to be pretty decent at timing it. Mm. And nope. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, annoying. Shit happens. Uh, yeah, so um, I, I cannot emphasise how much I hope that the first pack post-rotation that comes out, card number one is Forgotten Plans with the proper Forgotten Plans tech. Because the fact, I mean, I've moaned about this so many times, but the fact that it doesn't stop Reigns of Castamere is so yeah, yeah. That should be the plot that you play when Reigns is too good in the meta to yeah. stop them for yeah. one turn. Yeah, and then the other two cards should be a zero-cost Dissension and an Arisoh cart who's decent. And then we'll go, right, this is how the game is supposed to be played. Flagging <laughs> plots and discarding allies. Allies is a negative trait, damn it. I guess you showed that with Dario, yeah. but that's the only thing. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, Simon won that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I end up 3-3. Two games where I felt like I couldn't do too much. One game which I made a fatal mistake, but I'm not sure it actually made a difference. If only that I would have probably played slightly better if I hadn't have done it. Um, so that was my nationals. Uh, do we want to? Do you want me to talk about the rest of my weekend now, or shall I pass over to Joe? And Technically, that wasn't your whole nationals, was it? Yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll talk about the rest of my nationals then. Then we'll get Joe's uh, experience um, uncut. Yeah. <laughs> so after that, um, we went to the pub. We didn't record. We had a lovely time at the pub, and then it was Monica's birthday, so we ended up in the village inn, which is a gay bar, and I was at the village inn until. I left the village in, which was quite late, <laughs> probably about half past four. I remember going outside with some air and the bouncers wouldn't let, let me get back in and I was getting quite irate. Uh, not irate enough for the bouncers to be angry at me. But I thought, well, will you let me back in? Because we're not letting people in, you should let him in. It's like, yeah. It's just like, well, why are you let him in? <laughs> so that, was, that was bad news. That was, clearly had too much at that point. Uh, so we went home and, uh, and we sat in the hotel lobby with... Uh, with Wedge and Sandy and set the worlds to rights and talked about politics because John McCain had just passed away. Oh, of course. Uh, oh, right, so yeah. that, was, that was exciting and a mistake. Uh, because <laughs> when I got to the melee the next day, I asked you to register me, Tony, and then <laughs> said to you, uh, wake me up five minutes from the end of the first mm-hmm. round. And I got behind the TO desk and I had a nap. <laughs> oh my God, that nap was amazing. It was... <sighs> so, it's, so it's worth mentioning that over the space of the weekend, obviously, as a, I, I was working, the job to do, there were Asmodee staff there monitoring the kind of whole thing and kind of wandering around making sure that we were, everyone was using the, the Birmingham ICC kind of correctly. Mm-hmm. There were a few kind of small, shall we say, interventions from some of the higher ups about potential drinking that was going on. It's maybe specifically the Thrones. Uh, but who knows? I mean, I didn't see anything. So 
you know, I'll leave that. I'll leave that to for the gods to decide who might have been uh, drinking gin and tonics while the games were going on. Anyway, um, but at some point, someone came over. Uh, one of our one of our higher ups kind of came over and kind of went, "Is there someone? Is there someone behind the table?" I said, oh, as if it was absolutely nothing to worry about whatsoever, and just like, "Just you stupid idiot!" I'm like, "Yeah, of course it's Dave." Yeah, that's Dave. He's, he's asleep at the table. You know, you idiot. Of course it's Dave. And she went, hmm, is he okay? And I'm like, no, he's he's absolutely rotten, but he'll be fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> and she kind of went, you might want to kind of maybe just keep an eye on that just in case ICC security come by and kind of worry that maybe he's not as well as you think he is and that. And, and security aren't very good at having people kind of passed out generally in the corner of, it, of conference centers. I said, no, 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 it's, it's, it's fine, fine. Don't you worry. We've got this under control. So she kind of went, oh, I'm sure you've got it under control. She walked away. And so I kind of went up to the table and there was like a, a valance, like a blanket thing kind of over the table. And I just kind of pulled it down a little bit more so that nobody could see it. <laughs> Let me die. Yeah. And then a couple of minutes before the end of the first round of melee, and I'm going to find the message because I've got it right here. I've got a message from you at quarter past 12 that says, I feel brutal. I'm going to pass again. <laughs> and you then slept for another hour and a half because the beauty of Mellow Games being they're 90 minutes long. You sleep for two games, yeah. you've got three hours sleep. <laughs> it was fantastic. And uh, yeah, I heard uh, like some commotion after the final and I thought, oh, I think now I feel okay now. I can emerge and I can play a round of Mellow. <laughs> And uh, during this time, of course, Joe, you gave uh, you gave your old first edition cards to me, which I yep. uh, very appreciate, and uh, I can use them to add to my Highlander pool as appropriate. And Liam, Tio, said, well, "Why don't you build a first edition melee deck? Sit down, reveal your setup. We'll all have a big laugh, and then you can play a proper deck." And I was just like, "Oh yeah, yeah. If my opponents don't um, don't object, I'll just play it." And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, fine, whatever." So I built a first edition mellow deck from uh, the card pool, which is probably about 10 chapter packs, two deluxes and a core set. Obviously, there's the Red Viper isn't restricted in melee in second edition, and to the Spears isn't restricted in melee in second edition. So, uh, and neither's uh, make an example. So I had all these lovely cards. I'm so unhappy about all of this. (laughs) (laughs) I was at the time as well, but never mind. Uh, I sat down at a mellow table, and I said... I'm playing a bit of a silly deck, guys. So when you see my setup, if you wanna, if you wanna object, I'll, I'll switch and we can go again. I've got the TO's approval. And Daniel Crow just looked at me and just looked at my agenda. He's like, "You playing Martel No Agenda?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, looked at me, looked me in the eye for about ten seconds and just went, "You played a first edition deck?" <laughs> I was like, yes, I am. He's like, "I'm absolutely fine with it. You carry on." <laughs> And uh, Vince, Vince was a bit uh, nonplussed, but he he carried on. Uh, James Parsons just said, uh, "Oh, whatever, I'll just ignore you and uh, attack the other two guys instead." And I was like, Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I had I had quite a fun time playing that melee game. Um, my dark star, my dark star was cold hands. That was uh, pretty sad. Um, but uh, yeah, my uh, Alaria sand with three taste taste for bloods um, did absolute work. <laughs> You uh, absolutely. And I won the table, which was nice. And they were just like, at one point, they were just like, so you're at 11 power? Yeah. And if I attack you, how much power do you get? Four. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't attack you? No. I came up to you at one point and went, one, you're a dick. Two, you're, you've got the best of both worlds here because you're using, you're, you've got non-terminal attachments that most definitely should be terminal. <laughs> 
because when your Dark Star died that I think had a couple of fucking Taste for Bloods on it, they bounce back to your hand so you can immediately <laughs> throw them back out on the table, which is, eh, no, but <laughs> you shouldn't be able to do that, but you did. They wouldn't be terminal in second edition, I don't think. You reckon? No, mm. I don't think so. They might be more expensive. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they'll be terminal. <sighs> this disgusting. It's normally negative attachments that have terminal. So when, uh, when the table finished and I was totting up all the scores, uh, you got no points for winning that table. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everyone else came got their second and third and fourth points, but you got no points for winning, right? <laughs> Which felt justified. It was the last round of the game today as well. We just figured that you'd woken up after three hours of sleep and thought it was 2014. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, I, I think I deserved all the help I could get because um, obviously I was building from an incomplete card pool uh, and certain elements of the rules were obviously against my favour. Like I couldn't use your calls of thinking to cancel any responses because there weren't any. <laughs> and that's like, that was one of the most powerful cards in the pool that I was given. So it's really difficult. I couldn't play with an agenda because there were no suitable agendas. I couldn't use the super best friends because yeah. I didn't have the super best friends. Uh, it was it was really sad. Did you choose not because you're a nice guy to use the blue bird? No, I used the blue bird. <laughs> you did, you total dick. <laughs> are, you, are you aware of what the blue bird does, Joe? No, I don't think so. Okay, so it was a one cost raven with a with a power icon, um, with the text. Uh, reaction or response even discard the bluebird from your hand to cancel a a plot with a trait right so in first edition that's like city plots and some of the other ones but in second edition that's all the plot yeah <laughs> <laughs> i cancelled a uh, an exchange of information um which is pretty funny <laughs> although in retrospect i guess technically i shouldn't because that's not an interrupt um oh no it still no it still works like because it doesn't say yeah, yeah, no, it still works. It still works. Unlike he calls it thinking, which specifies responses. Yes. Um, yeah, it was, it was good fun. I had a good time. Vince Trixie bird, birded me, which I thought was really cheeky. <laughs> he made you play two of the spears on round two, if I remember it right. It was rude. And he was lucky because um, it just so happened that that turn, somebody cold hands one of my things. I got cold hands twice. Seen. No, he should be he, he should be restricted. He was. Uh, otherwise, I would have been able to do um, two challenges with two copies of Make an Example, mm-hmm. uh, which is when you win a challenge where you count eight strength, gain three power. And I would have been even closer to winning. In fact, I probably would have just won that turn. Uh, but yeah, cold hands slowed me down, which is sad. I couldn't count eight strength between the characters I owned. Um, which is another disadvantage, because winning challenges is really hard. Wah, wah, wah. I did manage to intimidate a uh, Robert Baratheon, though. By stealing his intimidate with, with deceit. deceit. Yeah. yeah. Great event. Giving giving Alaria Sandra now an intimidate. Oh yeah. And interestingly, she's a lady and not a bastard in first edition. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was uh, that was my melee tournament. I had a fantastic time. And I would recommend it. Uh, Liam said that <laughs> he wanted to run a three versus one event where you run with melee rules but everyone attacks the first edition player. And the first edition player plays without a restricted list. You just see what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which would be pretty nonsense. A lot of the big first edition effects just would still quite be be quite bad. Like even without a restricted list, like the Hatchling's Feast is just useless because Oh no, you've got minus three strength. Who cares? Yeah, but um, yeah. We'll see. Anyway, that was that was my weekend. It was wonderful, the TOs were wonderful. Uh, I had a lovely time. I would thoroughly recommend Anyone out there that's thinking of going to UK Nationals 2018, 
you do so. Mm. Very tight there. It was great. So let's uh, let's have a report from somebody who played a proper game with <laughs> legitimate cards and did better than three three. Yeah. So <laughs> so I've, I I wasn't originally going to take Todd Crossing. I think I was jumping back and forth most of the week. Like I played Drown God like Whammer's list for sort of a week before. And then kept losing to Tar Crossing. I think I was losing to the Fracas list right. like, while they were practicing. And I was like, this is really annoying. And like, I tried Targ HRD Marine when Queensguard came out because Richard pointed out to me that Queensguard's really good. And it's not jank. Like, oh. discard free cards and Marine happens to give you free cards. Mm. It's almost like they planned it. Yeah. So oh, I wish they hadn't. Like, oh, look. Yeah. The first picture he sent was like a Drogo with like six power on him, like turn two. Because there's nothing, if you get them out early, there's nothing you can do. So I I thought I was going to play that for a while. I almost played Night's Watch Wolf, which was what beat me at Warbore, because I kind of wanted to play the steel stuff, thought it might help with the rush decks. Mm. But considering I was massively hungover on the Saturday morning, I went, I'll play the rush deck. <laughs> be done in 20 minutes, it'll be fine. Good call. So my first game went to time <laughs> <laughs> against Darren Hazelden when I had the worst setup I think I possibly could have, and he was playing a deck designed to slow you down. Battle Wolf, was it? Yeah. Can't even really remember what happened in that. I think I remember he warded a Jitqui, which I had to keep Dario in back <laughs> so I could get some power. I finally got Drogo out when he milked it. I went for my you when you die turn and he played King Commands it, stuff like that. <laughs> So that just, yeah, I think I won barely on time. Then I lost to Rebecca playing Targ Marine, which... Well, not looking good, right? <laughs> no, yeah, like the first two games, I was like, I don't know. If I get 4-2, that'd be pretty good. <laughs> like, um, Just as, as an aside, uh, you did play Targ Marine, didn't you? In um Yes. Thing. What made Warbore, you yeah. change from that to crossing? So the Targ Marine I was playing was quite unrefined. The main problem I had was that when I was testing the Tug Marine, it was playing like a rush deck because I was getting Queen's Guard and Drogo, and that was terrific. But when you didn't see Drogo or Queen's Guard, it was so slow. If you did, if you weren't playing it as a burn variant, it just didn't go anywhere that quickly. Mm. So I kind of got a bit fed up with it, and I knew I wanted to take a bit faster. So the crossing looked more appealing once that fracas list got posted, where they kind of showed how to use a lot of the cards quite effectively together, sure. like having free his star discarding and stuff just to play quickly i just yeah i knew everyone had kind of been saying rush looked like the better choice for nationals which everyone did effectively (laughs) so i was just kind of going with that yeah losing to tubmarine i both my last two tournaments that's the deck that's beat me (laughs) (laughs) so you were one one after two games and the first one yeah near enough gone to time Yep, yeah. Then I played Bamford just before lunch, which we've already discussed, and that's when it started picking up a bit. <laughs> that's one word for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, went to lunch. Hangover started kicking in again after eating. Mm. Got got drenched when a bus went by in a puddle. That was making me feel even better going into round four. <laughs> I'm glad one <laughs> shit thing happened to you that evening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Round four, I played Savvy on Stark Grains. Mm. Where my first game took ten minutes. Then we played a second game, which went to the rest of the allotted time. I think that was like 2-0 against this. I kind of realised Stark Reigns 
can just outrush it yeah. really before it can do anything, mm. which was quite handy. And I played Mage, which was I think I should have lost that. Yeah, we I, went into round three. So <laughs> round one, standard rush. He had Cersei. I had my Drogo Queen's Guard. But the problem was with Queen's Guard and Cersei, if I'm starting to bid my cards, it's not going too well for me. I think I played King in the North turn two, so I was like, I'll bid as many cards as I can now and just get as much power while Cersei can't do anything. So I went down to zero cards. Then turn three, he spiked. <laughs> that's that's the typical thing you do, right? As your Cersei deck, well, I played you winner, you die, and it's like, okay. <laughs> I have no cards. Sure, I will go first. Your plot. Just his face just dropped. So. He was so gutted. Because oh. his other plot was false march, which I think actually won him the game. Yeah. So yeah, I should have lost that. I think that he, was so, he, he was so gutted, Mitch, because Mitch was basically on a on a absolute roll the whole yeah. the the whole day. Like he finished his games pretty much. He had the, he had his. Uh, winning slip in the box pretty much before anyone else every single round. Yeah. His, his, none of his games went more than 20 minutes because he was just playing Lanny Crossing Rush uh, and knew exactly how to play it. Bash, 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 double heads on spikes, etc., etc. And I remember when he when he went, oh, I've got I've got Zimmer next, and and I thought, well, you know, I'll see you in 20 minutes. And I did see him in 20 minutes, and he was just shaking his head, and he just went. He said, he went, Tony, you, you nev- never heads on spikes when I've got no cards in the hand. At which point I just kind of went, oh, I had to give him a big hug. You know, <laughs> the poor bugger. Sorry, Joe, go on. Yeah, uh, round six last game. So in the cut now, because I was 4-1. Mm. And it was basically four wins and you were in. Mm. And played a mirror against Sandy, which was interesting. Like, I think our decks were a little different, but basically the same concept. I think... He got a good start, but blew all of his cards. Mm. Which then I kind of just took it from there. But yeah, so 5-1 in the Swiss. Nice. Then everything lined up very well for me. So I think originally I was going to play Ryan in mm-hmm. the top 16, which I dreaded because that was Tyrell Cohort. I think it was a really bad matchup for me. Yeah. So the fact that we went into, because of um, we went, we didn't do the top 16 that day. Mm-hmm. The fact that Whammer then dropped to let Kevin and so he could play the melee meant that all of the pairings shifted, which meant I got to play Savvy again. Which, <laughs> as, as I'd learned in the Swiss, that's a pretty good matchup for me. <laughs> so that went about as expected the next day. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I went through the fun process of during the night of, this is a really good matchup. I'm pretty good. I'm going to win this. This is a good matchup. I think I should win this. Oh, God, <laughs> it looked like a good matchup. I'm not going to win this <laughs> over the course of the night. Uh, top eight was another match against Sandy, so I played two rematches at this point, and it went well. I, I'm pretty sure he hadn't slept at all as well, mm. and I think he had it in his head he was going to lose, which helped. Well, you're welcome because, as I say, he was with us until like six or seven a.m. <laughs> I watched that game. That was the um, I was standing over Sandy's shoulder. I, for some reason, I thought a tar crossing mirror match would be an interesting kind of what ten minutes. <laughs> And it was just brutal. It was just rush, 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 yeah. win. Uh, I still remember him. Uh, he triggered Marine in the challenges phase. He drew three cards. The first card he drew was Kotho. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Second card he drew was Missandei. And I was like, I was thinking, you jammy bastard. You know. <laughs> the next card he drew, unfortunately, was a flea bottom. Otherwise, it would have been the perfect hand, right? <laughs> just the perfect yeah. three cards to draw. You drop 
you know, Missandei's summon, or you drop two Missandei's or whatever, you bash in Kotha or whatever. But he was just kind of like, ah, you fucking joking. I've been but, through that. Yeah, but that was a that was a just a rush, 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 rush. It was just so much. He expected to lose, and uh, and yeah, did lose. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, other thing in our two games, we like there was four heads and spikes between us. Like, <laughs> but um, I think in both games he managed to spike the one Missandei I had in my hand. Oh man! So I was like, great, you get power. I'll have a character. Thank you. Then in the in the top eight, he had you did you when you die, chose to draw his cards, drew his his dial, and I spiked it. <laughs> Which thing wasn't good for him. Nicely done. Heads and spikes is did a lot of work for me that weekend. It's a good card, are you? Bullshit as it is. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your top uh, top four, I guess. Yeah. So that was. I was playing against Matt Herdman, so he was undefeated up to this point. And if I was working on the assumption probably the end of the road here. Like top four, quite happy. I've got all my pride. Like Tyrell Wars. I know it sets up well turn one. It can I won't be able to get past it. But there's a chance that if I can get Drogo out like just quick enough and hit him before he can really get set up, I should be able to win before he can do anything. Mm. which is kind of exactly how it went in practice. Mm-hmm. Right. He had Marge left and a bit of econ. I had his star and something else on set up. I let him go first and he immediately milked his star. It was okay. I kind of expected because I had Drogo in hand. So I, was like, I think I had enough econ that I could play Drogo out. Mm. So it's like I'd rather he milked that. So... And yeah, I think turn one, I Aegon for a Dario and Nightmares Marjorie, so he couldn't kill his um, Leighton Hightower. And turn two, Drogo, Queensguard, with King in the North, because I think I'd managed to also luck and pull the crown out of his hand turn one. So I knew that he couldn't get King out. So I just locked him there, then turn three, just for it and I don't he couldn't stop me even with a mod like if he could Marjorie trigger it was just too far gone like yeah. I just Drogo is one of the things that can beat Tyra Wars which is what I learned the hard way at Euros I know I got wrecked in two turns by George Carabinus uh, like that was the match I was expected to lose and winning that I was quite happy mm. I thought I was going to be playing against Costas going by what I'd heard and I mm. thought it was going to be a repeat of the year before Blackwater loses to Scott. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, then Richard managed to pull it off. I don't think anyone thought that was happening from the way the boards looked for a while. No, and then uh, then Richard basically chomped all of Costas' stuff and Costas just kind of scooped at that point. Yeah. He, and and Costas is a man who knows when to, when to scoop. He, he knows exactly when to get a go. There's absolutely no point in making this any more fucking tedious and interminable than it needs to be. So he just kind of went, nah. It was, it was, it was only after like 20 minutes or something, right? It was much quicker than I kind of expected. I remember kind of going over and they were both sitting there with empty, with an empty table. And I was like, oh God, what's happened here? So, um, you know, hmm. what start, it cost us a point start fealty. So yeah. Yeah. Like, so it was me versus Richard for the final, mm. final which was, Pretty great. Like Richard's had an amazing regional season, like mm. making the cut. I think everyone he's gone to with Stark Reigns. Mm. Play a new deck. 
The more interesting part was that because we kind of dead build together, we both knew each other's decks pretty much. Like there was no real surprise. I've played that Stark Reigns for like two weeks. It was originally going to be what I played at Warboard until I got distracted by Queen's Guard. He knew what my deck was. So we went in pretty much knowing what exactly what our game plans were for. Like he, he had to slow me down. I had to beat him before he could slow me down, which not really that much of a game to plan, I guess, is how you beat Rush. It looked pretty even at the start. I'm trying to remember as much as I can. Like turn one, I think it was one zero my way. I remember him opening late summer feast, and he deliberately he let all yeah. let all of your challenges through. I think so that you didn't yeah. cards, uh, which I thought which I thought was quite sneaky. And obviously he's obviously used to kind of doing it, and he's used to play, kind of playing against you. But I kind of thought, okay, this is going this is a a very slow and steady way to kind of try and fight against your deck, I guess. Yeah. Right. I think because I, I set up his star. I think that was the main thing I had. So I had my econ going, really, and then I drew into my other options. Turn one, I grabbed a Dario, which was all right. And turn two, I think I got my Joker Queen's Guard out, mm-hmm. which was when the pace started to pick up. Because mm-hmm. I, I couldn't just completely run through. I had to sort of balance it. But Having Drogo out means I never have to do an intrigue against him. <laughs> but I know he's always going to beat me on an intrigue, and I have to be very careful about how I do it because I know he could probably taste flesh me. Yeah. So, in turn two, I picked up the pace a bit, but the, I think I was maybe like six one by that point. Mm. And then turn three was pretty slow. I mean, that's what probably took most of the actual game was going through that and working out how to play it because he he got his reins trigger off where he did a wildfire that's right yeah after i'd done a pretty big done quite a bit and he sort of wildfire taste fleshed but i think i what worked in my favor is i chose to keep a duped masande rather than some of my other stuff that i was defending with Mm. so the taste of flesh didn't work like he was hoping to I think he originally thought I was going to keep an Aegon who I was defending with because I knew I couldn't defend with his star. Mm. So he didn't get to taste flesh Aegon and wipe me. So then the Sande, then I had, I had a nice choice of, I had a Duke Drogo, his star and the Sande and no idea if he was running Valen Magullis on the military <laughs> claim. It was like, <laughs> kill my Sunday, he's going to march me, then I might lose from there. Or if I killed a Drogo dupe, if he has Valor, I've lost his game. Mm. If if he doesn't, I win. So I had to make that choice. Which... Yeah, it was keeping that keeping that dupe on the Drogo pretty much all game, I think, annoyed the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> he mentioned the fact that he's like, what can I do? That thing's been duped all game. And, you know, he was drawing like crazy. He had his, he has, he had his Wyman Mandalay out, you know. Like, yeah. Turn two or three, he was drawing like crazy and, and doing all this, but he just, you know, he was drawing into a ton of cards, but just, just couldn't really answer. Even when he, he, uh, because he played the Withering Cold, if I remember right, and that's when, yep. that's when he hit his range trigger into kind of wildfire, which I think, it, and he was kind of, he was trying to figure out whether actually the range trigger was worth it or not, but the yeah. but your whole board was going to fucking stand up anyway, so. Yeah, like, Dre couldn't keep Drogo down. No. So 
if he kneel, if his board's knelt, then he's not going to stop me. So he needs to yeah. shrink my board. But then I think that, that was for turn in turn four. Pretty much, like I played you when you die. He played, I can't remember. But it was something like eight or nine in the ship, and he let me go first, which basically yeah. indicated that I think he was done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he scooped to that point. I think because okay. it was. Yeah, I remember you getting, I think, uh, on that, you when you die turn, I remember you getting Dario on the table and then sticking a copy of Queen's Guard on him. Yeah. And just, I was, I was sitting beside you going, oh, for fuck's sake, that's yeah. just unfair, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, nicely done. Congratulations, mate. That was, uh. Yeah, I, I try to give a bit more insight. Yeah, Queen's Guard is a really insane card. Like, I think it got rated like three out of five by most people. And saying it was an overcosted Plaza of Pride, but it's really not. It's so broken. <laughs> broken with Marines, certainly, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's it is a bit of an overcosted Plaza of Pride if you don't have Marine. If you have Marine, then it's just a whole new level. Well, the fact that Marine has a limit of one in not you know ninety nine times out of a hundred, and Queen's Guard doesn't have a limit of one. Mm. It's got a limit of three. Yeah. So it's just so much easier to close in regular target decks, let alone a crossing deck. Surely mm. that puts it on, maybe not quite as good as Plaza of Pride, but still worth considering in the right deck. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the fact that you've then got Marine just makes it so obscene. You've right. also got you've also got the ability to uh, once you get his dart out, you've got the ability to make Queen's Guard free. Yeah. Just, yeah, free with his dart. It can't be nightmares like Plaza of Pride because it's an attachment. It has no cost restriction other than playing it and having the cards. It just can bypass so many issues. I thought Targ was going to be in a really interesting place around about now, and I thought all the um, all the discard stuff seems to be getting into you know like there's so much of it that you can't necessarily run it all very optimally because you're just going to run out of cards. Even with double counting and exchange of information, there's only so many cards you can draw um, quick enough. Uh, and then they released Marine. I like, nope, it's fine. They've got infinite <laughs> cards. It, yeah. <laughs> as long as you don't run up against Lanny Greensight, which probably isn't very likely at the moment, then yeah, you're fine. Yeah. And even then, you can just rush over it. Yeah, it's like even like the Sunday is just almost a problem in itself of going, okay, I triggered this discard effect. Here's a character. Yeah. Like, I know it's a, it's a useless chud in the long term, but even the fact that you can just dupe it with the discard effect, so there's no downside to using the effects. Yeah, especially not um, good. with Marine, because there is that, you know, yeah. you could draw into crap with Marine, and if you've got no outlet for it, you've just wasted a three-gold location for the turn, and yep. these cards are now gone, although they could be any three cards, so... Yeah, uh, but if one of those cards is from Sandai, even if you have no way of, uh, presumably she goes into play when she gets discarded at the end of the phase, right? Yeah. Yeah, just thinking about the wording of because Darkstar didn't when that happened in first edition. That's right. Yeah. Which uh, happened on stream at Worlds. And oh really? Can't, I I I was playing and I discarded my entire hand and didn't put Darkstar into play, and the commentators were. Like just like why is he not put Darkstar into play? He's fucking shit. It's like no, I I know the rules better than you. That's that's <laughs> why I haven't put Darkstar into play. Trust me, <laughs> he would be in play if I had the ability. But anyway, ignoring that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's fine then. Yeah. So the fact that even if even if you get nothing good, Missandei mitigates that 
downside yeah. in that you'll get a freestanding character for well challenges or dominance. So that's not bad at all. And I'm realising like it gets worse soon when realising that we're getting ambush dragons. Yeah. Right, even if you draw them like during the challenge phase, if you've got the gold, right, okay, out they come. There's no downside to drawing them. So not if you've got a hit start, right? Yeah. Chuck a card and make it cheaper to ambush your freaking regal and stuff, then yeah. The jumpers deck that I was playing, I switched it to a House of Dreams Marine to see if it would be better because then I didn't have to run the double counting. And I just found that there were so many times when I would use Marine and it would just draw me shit. Um, so I would use it in marshalling and get nothing I could marshal. Or I would use it in challenges and because I didn't know what I was going to get, I wouldn't have enough gold to play my events. Mm-hmm. Part of that is the fact that it ran some expensive events like Blood of My Blood. And you can't really just leave three gold on the off chance that you might top deck it. Obviously, his star mitigates that, but I looked at his star and realised that he's he basically becomes claim soak in that deck. Like he's by far the least important character, and so he basically just yeah six cost claim soak. You might get one use out of him. So it's interesting to see that uh, yeah how much value you will get out of those ambush dragons when you don't know they're coming, because just top decking them. Like they, they cost what, like five or six gold to ambush. That's quite a lot. Unless you've already got his dar, they're quite tough to play. So we'll see. Um, I think, but they are going to be pretty good. So congratulations again, Joe. Thank you. Moving to a more broad picture of the meta. Obviously, Targaryen Lord of the Crossing won UK nationals. Stark Lord of the Crossing has just won US nationals. And I want to say Lord of the Crossing deck won German Nationals as well. Great joy. Great yeah. joy. Do we think that Russia's a problem? Do we think it's a... Um, or is it just a natural answer to the perceived power of Tyrell Wars? Yeah, the latter. It's just a, it's a thing at the moment. It's a, the meta shifts to respond, and it has done so accordingly, right? Yeah, it'll just, like, it always circles round. Yeah. Sort of rush comes out, then destruction, or more destructive effects come out to deal with the rush, then the constructive stuff comes back out to deal with the destructive stuff. Yeah. It just goes round. Like, it was, yeah, bound to happen with all of the decks that were appearing, Martel Wars, Tyrell Wars, Stark Cohort. Mm. They need something to outpace it. So, if you go to a tournament this weekend, Joe, and you fear rush, what do you play? You don't want to play Lord of the Crossing again, obviously, because you just you proved that you can do that. But you think other people might be following in your footsteps. What do you play? Either Targ Burn or Drowned God. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. One of the things that I I didn't play any Greyjoy, which was quite lucky for me during my run. But one of the main things I kind of assumed in the meta was that no one was going, or the majority of people weren't going to run Valamogulis anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which so I dropped close call with that in mind, and that kind of seems to be the general case. I'm assuming you were running it, Dave. Somewhere I absolutely was. was. Yeah, I think <laughs> it was I definitely would have used it turn two against you if you didn't have those two tubes. <laughs> yeah, I think you might have been the only deck I played running it. Right. That I'm I'm assuming, and I think that's a big part of what's helping Rush as well is that so many people are on VD, you can kind of work around it. Yeah. Whereas that's what helps Greyjoy, like Greyjoy. Play Drown God and they could just go, okay, let's go a bit fast, Valor. Mm-hmm. 
So it's a good answer. Yeah. Uh, both of the decks I've built in the last week run Valor, so uh, that's good to know. Yeah, I, def- <laughs> I definitely think it needs to come back into the mail, which I expect it will. Like, what, or some of the games I watched from the other nationals over the weekend, no one was flipping Valor. There were like perfect opportunities for it, and then no one had it. Mm. How can you Valor early, Valor often if you don't have it? <laughs> seems seems odd. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I'm trying to think if I played against it much, and I don't think I did. I'm not sure anyone was playing it. It wouldn't have ma- made a difference against me, obviously. Yeah, uh, most of the most of the start decks that I watch playing weren't running resets at all. Mm. I mean, I don't think Richard ran a reset at all, did he? Mm, no. I seem to remember him at the, at the end of the game once once he kind of scooped he kind of went I don't have a reset Costas didn't have a reset um, yeah. I think I, know, I think Savvy runs VD but yeah he had VD yeah yeah he, yeah, he no more runs that but uh, but in general no they, they kind of yeah it seems to be a little bit out of fashion but uh, but I mean that's a decent counter to rush right so yeah so yeah we'll see how it goes well people should be playing the six the six reset deck minimum you should run both Valors, Wildfire, and three Varus. Uh, and you can drop a Varus for uh, First Snow if your deck can ha- handle it. That's uh, that's the way to go. I'm going to build that now. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> that won't take you long. No. At <laughs> all. So, so uh, probably too early to be thinking about this, but um, what's your plan for Worlds? Uh, probably Stark, going by the way their cards are coming out. Right? Yeah. But... We'll have to see how then it goes. Like, I'd I'd love to be able to play Targ, but Drogon's going to be out, and he's going to have killed Rush by then. Okay, yeah, you reckon? Yeah, for Worlds. What do we wreck? So for Worlds is what the first weekend in November. So we're expecting what one more pack to be available because there's no way the Greyjoy yeah. box will be open then. So, yeah, chapter pack five is my assumption. Yeah, so there's all the shenanigans that's in the pack that comes out uh, this week, and then whatever's coming next week as well. And uh, yeah, Stark looks like a decent call with <laughs> with what they've got in their pack four. So yeah, definitely. In fact, do we know anything that's in pack five yet? Is the agenda? No, the agenda's in the Sea of Blood or whatever's in the Greyjoy box, right? Yeah, yeah. That's going to be ugly. I think that might. Yeah, everything might go a little bit aggro when that comes out. I think. But NPE yeah. bullshit. Do you reckon? That's what it is. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's the ultimate in win more. It's, oh, I've won two military challenges by five, which already requires me to win more, and now I've got infinite put to the swords. Yep. It's absolute bullshit. Infinite free put to the swords, because once you get one off, you've won that military challenge by five for the rest of the game. Yep. Yeah. Best character dead, plus claim. Best character dead, plus claim. It's mindless, and it's boring, and it's stupid. That's all I have to say on the subject. Speak your mind, Banford, speak your mind. But then you've got to imagine there's going to be some half-decent control coming out to to counter it. But, you know, who knows? Uh, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, start might not be a bad call, depending on what shenanigans they get in the next pack. Drogon. Yeah. Drogon's mm. in pack five, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. The only other card of note in that, that's been spoiled so far is he calls it thinking, which I absolutely despise. How can you despise it? It's the best card in the game. <laughs> so bullshit. <laughs> I think you two might have to go outside. It's like men. Save a gold, Joe. Easy. It's fine. Oh, is it? It's it's cancel unless someone pays a gold. Yeah. Oh, that's non-agenda, non-plot. That's rubbish. It's rubbish. It doesn't even cancel duplicates anymore. It and it and it doesn't become a plus two strength attachment. 
it's not really the card's fault, is it? I got so excited when I saw that title, and then I was just like, well, it's kind of okay. But it's just... That was my favourite... That's my favourite card of all time in any card game I've ever played, he calls it thinking. It's, <laughs> it's so satisfying to play. And I had the flick down perfectly. I had, like, a knack of playing it. I had the expression and the way I would say nope or... Um, is that a response? And just all these things and just had it and people expected it and he's just like, watch out for Bamford, don't flip that valor too early. He's always got that. He calls it thinking for your dupes. And I did. And now I don't because it doesn't cancel dupes. And that pissed me off no end. So there's the two major design mistakes FFG have made in this cycle of the Greyjoy box as far as we're aware. They pissed me off twice. I heard a song somewhere that said that your name was Dave and you cancelled saves. Yes. Exactly. Even the bard sing of it. <laughs> I definitely didn't write those lyrics myself. <laughs> so Drogon's in pack five, which is ugly. Yeah, there's nothing crazy. Even the like the 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 spoiler stuff on the FFG website is a little bit. It's a lot of two cost characters. A Storm's yes. Deathmaster for Barra and Three Finger Hob, of course, for uh, for, for a nice watch. But in in general, it's fucking dragons and cancel. So yeah, was well, in Dasnak's pit, which yeah. I don't think will work in the long run. Oh it, like, right, it could yeah. be amazing like for Tark Crossing, but I I think it's just something cancelled the moment you try it. That's the additional challenges phase, right? Yeah. Wow. Which is unfortunately cost dash for an event. So yeah. <laughs> It does make me want to play Hans Judgment, which offends me. I hate Hans Judgment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tar burn meta, so you've got to have your Hans Judgments again. So that just makes it better. You hate Hans Judgment, but you love he calls it <laughs> You're a man of contradiction. Hey, Hans Judgment is a, uh, it's a crutch. Bland. Hans Judgment was fucking top-notch in first edition. Oh, I've got PTSD from first edition Hans Judgment. <laughs> I bet you do, because he only uh, cancel half those events. I didn't realise that it could be cancelled by he calls it thinking. Mm. Oh yeah, of course it can, yeah. And I lost my first ever game to Wedge because he had two of them. And he cancelled two copies of Bleeds, I think. Ugh. Or Bleeds in a favourable ground or something like that. And mm. I had he calls it thinking both both phases. Um, yeah, because he calls it thinking cannot cancel an effect with an influence cost. And it can with a gold cost. Yeah. Alas. Loopholes. Very good. Frustration there. Yeah, so I remember specific games at Game Night Kits in 2013. <laughs> 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 Which resulted it makes me you going, the man you today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh dear. Um, do you want to talk about any of the cards in the, in the new pack? Or... I mean, we could... And we could probably talk at length about them, but, I mean, it's pretty boring, isn't it? Yeah. Talked about some different cards today. There's a good five, ten minutes I could probably wax kind of unlyrically about half of these cards, but fuck it, I'll maybe play them first and decide if they're any good before complaining about them. <laughs> Obviously, there's one kind of cast iron, cast iron guarantee in this, in, in this pack. One thing that, that is, is an absolute definite, and, and that's fuck me to read. Because yeah. it's just fuck me to read. And I don't care how much they say that they've changed her. And oh, no, she's not as good as she is in first edition. Fuck you and fuck me to read. Yeah. Yeah, that card is a thing. And I was hoping it wouldn't ever be a thing ever again. And anyone that ever played against Stark in first edition hoped that me to read would never be a thing again. And there she is. Hooray. She was only the second or third worst Stark card. 
So there's that wonderful Northern Patriarch. The Northern Patriarch, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a champion card. That'll come back, right? The epitome of NPE, that card. Yep, absolutely is. And it's a champion card. <laughs> I hate to think of the, how they'll... Well, maybe they can do that as printed. I don't know. You can't, you can't see my, uh, like, just my eyes staring into a pit of despair. <laughs> just, uh, I, I cannot tell you how much I hate that card, Joe. Self-harming. <laughs> I think I've heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't play oh. events, basically. Oh, well, you have to give it, you have to give it gold if you want to play events. And it's immune to plot effects, so you can't valor it off the board. And it's, it's a non-unique that you can't valor if it's got a power on it. It was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely disgusting. Um, but there's some, yeah, there's some nice stuff. And uh, my favorite card out of it, I'm not going to talk for more than maybe 15 seconds, but my favorite card is Bonds of Chivalry. Yeah, I think that's really nice. You know, pop out this this night, put this night in instead. That's great. They, uh, did you listen to the um, episode of the things I do for love, which spoilt it? No, I didn't. No. Okay. Uh, they panned it basically. They said this would have been really interesting in cycle one, and mm. now it's just shit mainly because of slots but it took them about six or seven minutes of talking about how bad it was before they mentioned the really obvious you can put gregor into challenges where he doesn't have the icon yeah of course man. Yeah. Uh, it's just like clearly this is what that's for yeah clearly this is uh targ lion or vice versa targ lion uh tyra lion or vice versa that's the, that makes it a fun card it's great yeah and i do enjoy putting characters in that don't have icons you know that i mean obviously there's you know the almost elephant in in the room in that pack, which is one one, yeah. who can yeah. participate in challenges where you know he doesn't have any icons. But even using um Cornite Flowers, so they can only defend with one character, ah, and then if they're going to win it, you're just like, well, I'll just take him out and put the Gregor in, yeah, even more, uh, and then uh I've got my Knight of Flowers is still standing, is ready to go again, so I can do it again. Mm-hmm. Love it. I think it's right. Good tech. But then you'd have to play knights, and obviously knights are the inferior maester, so let's not bother with that. Um, I like the Free Folk. That's going to be fun. It's ve- well, it's probably not going to be fun. It's probably going to piss me off a treat. But yeah. uh, I'm going to try it. I, I've already yeah. talked to Tony about this before, I think before you jo- joined us, Joe, but uh, I'm frustrated that they haven't just reprinted the Neutral Faction card and made this Neutral Faction only, and then the Neutral Faction card says you can only use Neutral cards. And neutral plots, um, which would just be more interesting. It would stop mm. jousting pavilion drama, and I'm hoping that the jousting pavilion chap just puts the free folk as your faction, yeah, um, rather than as your agenda. Um, and it gives them scope in the future if they want to do neutral faction only cards and more neutral faction only agendas, because they might do another brotherhood one in the future, or they might do um, phrase or whatever. They could make them neutral faction only if they wanted. And they had the option for the emergency semi-banhammer of this card is way too powerful, let's make it neutral faction only, like mm. they did with the Long Voyage in 1st edition. Mm. And if, I don't know, if the wars to come is such a major issue that the Americans mm. thought it were was until, what, Saturday? Yes. Uh, <laughs> then um, then they could make it neutral faction only. Yeah. Uh, oh. Which is funny, yeah. It's, it's really confirmed my belief that America thinks that the best player in the world is whoever won on Saturday. And the best <laughs> agenda is whatever one on Saturday. <laughs> if there's a tournament with more than about 50 players, they're just like, holy shit. They're the best player in the world. <laughs> they're playing the best deck in the world. And this, every time. 
loving Lord of the Crossing at the moment. Yeah. No uh, disrespect to um, Dustin, who obviously played fantastically, but uh, yeah, mm. just American sports commentary for want of a better uh, mm. term is just funny to watch. My favourite whole thing in this in this pack, uh, apart from obviously the monkey on Sir Mark Mullendore, the monkey yeah. is the monkey is. I love that card. A black and white monkey, yeah, it's looking great. Is the flavour text on one one? <laughs> It says, this giant ate no meat at all, though he was a holy terror when served a basket of roots, crunching onions and turnips and even raw hard neeps between his big square teeth. And the artwork is fucking fantastic. Big fan. It's a card you want kind of blown up to about like two foot by one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a picture of uh, me while I was recording Stannis the Musical. (laughs) More onions. All those scallops and rams. (laughs) Yes, yeah. More onions with a dictionary of onions on the desk beside you, yeah? <laughs> uh, the, the thing is, uh, like two days after it came out, um, no, a week after it came out, because obviously Blackwater was afterwards, uh, mm. Martin and I were at Iron Maiden with a friend, mm. and she, we, we mentioned the fact that we had done this, and uh, she mentioned an onion we hadn't heard of. <gasps> yeah. And it was a, a Kelsey onion, and her name was Kelsey, so obviously she knew about it, <laughs> which is like, well, that's frustrating. The fact that we didn't didn't catch that that would have been a great one. Mm-hmm. Could have got some um, confusion with a young serving wench and the onions. Oh, whole <laughs> farce there that we didn't get into. Maybe maybe for the second uh, act. <laughs> anything in uh, since since we've had a pick at this pack, Joe? Anything in this pack that uh, uh, delights you or terrifies you? Um, try not to pick the ones that have been spoiled a while ago, like. I, I'm a, I like Sir Mark Mullendore quite a bit. I think he's quite an interesting card. Like he, I thought he was absolutely broken when I first read him. Mm, yeah. Then calmed down and went, he's, he's okay. Mm. But my favorite part is that I was playing um, a six gold mace deck for a while, which I lovingly named Ace Tyrell Deck Detective. <laughs> <laughs> and now they released this card, which has a black and white monkey on it. Yes. That's confirmed. And it goes very thematically into my deck and works yeah. with him. So I'm going to be building that, and you might see it at Worlds, depending on how much I love it. Mm. I mean, it is a good card. It is a very good yeah. card. As I said, we'll play with it first before kind of complaining about it, I think. Yeah. I mean, putting non-limited cards... Sorry, putting limited cards into play seems good, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. At, at worst. If, if you happen to have that arbor on top of your deck, you're just like, yes. Mm. Yeah. This is it's just the part that you don't have to put it in. It's like, okay, that's crap, I'll continue. Mm. Yeah, I guess it's yeah. me, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And if you do, yeah, seems good. What do we, uh, what do, what do we think to, um, to Sticky Vicky? To who? Oh, Sticky Vicky. Alright, yeah. With his big <laughs> stick. <laughs> I, don't really, I haven't really had a good look at the artwork because that picture you sent me earlier on was rubbish, but now, now I've actually it was, seen it. It was more, that's what Craven used to call claim raising <laughs> Victorian. And yeah. I was listening to an old episode a couple of weeks ago. And I was giggling, so I thought, oh, you know, next time we'll talk about Victorian, I'm going to call him Sticky Vicky. It just so happens that this one is really apt with his art, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah he has Great. a... Great. Yeah. <clears throat> I've told you about this today already. It's, um, it has the potential to be really good. I'm not overly impressed with it yet. I'll need to see someone batter the shit out of me with it first. I'm slightly distressed that there's no limit on the number of warships that you can use. <sighs> you need to have a lot of warships. I imagine you do. I think you're right. I've been thinking about that. I think you're right. The location control is... Pretty fucking sickening, actually, with it. 
The standing, yeah. The renown, yeah, whatever. But actually, the choosing a new location potentially three times a turn and you going first is... Because uh, it's not like you have to win a challenge. You just do it, right? It's yeah. yep. a challenge is action. I think, That's, yeah, if you're going first and you go, right, first action, kneel the Iron Fleet Scout. Yeah. Bam, down goes Flea Bottom. Second action, kneel. Um, or you can kneel like the Great Kraken, which doesn't have the yeah. effect. Uh, yeah. Any of them. Um, yeah. And you go, right, down goes Winterfell. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, if you can hit Forecasters or Lanny Harrenhal. It can't, obviously it can't affect Dawn and Hightower and some other ones, but the fact that, yeah, it's, it's really strong. The wall, either of the walls. Um, House of the Undying. Uh, not that you see too much of it. Yeah, it's, it's really strong. It's really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. and he's loyal, which is obviously very important. So. And he's a seven as well. Seven yeah. for seven is pretty tasty. Yeah. Are there any other naturally seven strength characters? The Red Viper. Viper. Oh, the Viper. Yeah. Corset Viper, that's it, pretty much. Everything else is, uh, basically giants and Gregor and, uh, thingies. What's his name? Um, uh, Robert Strong's eight, isn't he? Yep. But, um, but yeah, two icons and seven is, uh, pretty fucking strong. Yeah, I've got that same opinion of, I'm, I think he will be used quite well, but I'm immediately convinced he just mm. seems good. I, he's kind of like Jon Snow in that he's, mm. he looks like a very great card, but doesn't really do much more for any of the decks. He's not going to win you the game on his own. Yeah. And the, the other Ricky is really good and, you know, there's a copy in most Greyjoy decks anyway. He's, you know, he has lots, he has great utility. He's, uh, uh, but of course he's non-loyal. So yeah. we haven't maybe seen as quite as much of him since Brick and Ties came out because he tends to kind of bounce, but. I think if the Greyjoy deck doesn't care too much about Renown, this mm. one's just better. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he might not be as good in a rush deck, although standing in a rush deck is great. So. True. Even if you don't get the power. As Joe has shown. <laughs> um, yeah. Because yeah. before Nationals, I built Peel a, um, Tard crossing deck, no, a, a Greyjoy crossing deck. Of course it's a Greyjoy crossing deck, come on. Yeah. Uh, I was like, shall I just rebuild your other deck? Up, put it up to date and add Vince. And he was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and until about, I was humming and hawing the night before as to whether to play it myself. So I was wondering, I was just like, can I, cause there's going to be a lot of rush and I think there's going to be a lot of Greyjoy. Shall I just, you know, what shall I just join them? Uh, and I was quite tempted in the end, but there you go. Was Hazelden the only person there that was wise enough to put a copy or two of Burning the Dead in his deck? I had a copy on me. Like, I brought it <laughs> with me just in case. Like, if it's going to go in, it'll be 61st cards. Just for yeah. Hell of it. yeah, absolutely. But that was a pretty decent, because I remember when he registered, so I was doing the registration on Saturday, when he registered, and uh, there weren't many Barra decks the weekend there was a bit of banner stag but there weren't many barra decks it was you know three or four barra decks maybe at the weekend at the top but when hazelden came over and kind of went i'm playing barra wolf i was like this is just a meta call right you've just come up with something that you think is going to be purely a meta call and then when i found out you're burning the dead in it i'm like yep <laughs> yep yeah. he's sat there and gone that'll work that'll work that'll work that is a uh, quite interesting worth pointing out the the faction split like 27 percent of the field was targ and 19 Stark, which is pretty big. And there were only two Night's Watch, three Martell, four Barra. So Barra being the third least represented is pretty crazy. How many cohort? Three in the end or something? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Four. Two four. Stark, 
one Greyjoy, one Tyrell. So that's yeah, Ryan Wood, Vince, and two Stark cohorts. Oh yeah, Vince was cohort, wasn't he? That's right. Yeah. And the couple, the, rem- the remnants of uh, the kind of Stark cohort meta of six weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that didn't work so well. Which I think is largely everyone going. I think everyone's going to play Stark cohort. Let's not do that. Yeah. And yeah. and the constant discussions of Greyjoy weapons at the dorm rule just. Yeah. 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 That's pretty scary, right? No, Marauders is fine. Marauders is easy to get. You just make sure that you put attachments of different values in hand. It's easy, man. It's true. Everyone's running these one just one cost attachments, and you're sat there, Tony, with your threes and your zeros. Exactly. Costas tried it twice in the kind of the little tournament we had a couple of weeks before nationals. He hit me with two sets of uh, ninety nine Maraudings. Didn't get a single card in any of them. <laughs> and he was kind of like this. He was telling me about how he how he hit seven attachments when he did it on Sweeney at one of the regionals at, at the weekend. There he was like, hey, "Fucking seven attachments! Where are all yours?" I'm like, "Well, uh, the one costers are all on your characters, mate." <laughs> In my hand is a couple of king's bloods as a venomous blade, and you know some characters, but nah, no ones, mate. Sorry, it was, it was just sat so satisfying. And then the wife did it at the weekend and got rid of five one cost. Uh, yeah, let's not talk about that. Um, well, if there's nothing more to add, I think we can wrap up. Uh, once again, congratulations, Joe. You've had a pretty stellar month or so. Enjoy Worlds and your buy, and enjoy um, Starlek and your buy. As we talk about Joe's trip to Worlds, there is currently a fundraiser on Facebook to uh, raise some funds because the hotel is not included. They seem to be completely random as to what they include every time they send someone to Worlds. <laughs> um, it's completely inconsistent so uh, if you can do give a little help him out a bit mm. uh, so we can send our champion to worlds in style and he can bring the card design home yes. and uh, design something that's uh, can get rid of all these Vinces that are ruining my Varuses <laughs> anti-Vince yeah. yeah is an anti-Vince just like a, a card with your name on it or uh, yeah now if I had a card design I would design something to specifically fuck Vince <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, well, it would be called Champion of the Sun, of course. Yeah, of but course. it would fuck Vince in some way. It would dry him up. Yeah. Or it would make Vince better and allow, <laughs> um, like, I don't know, while this character is in play, duplicates are considered to be character abilities or something like that. Ooh. <laughs> so you play me and then out comes the Vince. Bam. <laughs> Teamwork. <laughs> Trust you to break the game with a card. Yeah. Yeah. We did discuss how he should does he should do an agenda, which was like um, your opponent's car- duplicates are considered character abilities. You only get five gold for setup. You may not set up attachments. <laughs> 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 Just uh, right. I'm going to play this game my way. <laughs> I was going to give a small shout out to one uh, Will Lentz because I got a message from him at two o'clock this morning. What the fuck? I was still doing up at two o'clock this morning. Don't ask. But apparently America works on a different time to the UK. So, you know, he uh, he sent me a message at two o'clock this morning with a small a small link to Steve Gutenberg's Twitter page saying that apparently they're working on a new Police Academy movie. <laughs> His message was that I thought you might be interested. That's fantastic. Yeah, according to Will, I'm now the font of all uh, Police Academy trivia. That's what Will took away from that episode, Police Academy. (laughs) Not the nonsense that followed.
No, it was the fact that I had Fair to enough. correct Alex Ophiworth on his uh, terrible deck name because it didn't wasn't consistent with the naming of the Boy's Academy movies. A man's got to have a code. 